0: All right, welcome to this week's Monday meeting. Today is March 21st, 2021. Monday meetings are a chance for motion designers all over the world to connect and ask questions, share inspiration, or hear presentations and interact with industry-leading artists on equal playing field. Your host today is myself, Liam Clisham, and we've just got an open discussion planned for today. Um, I'm not going to really run through the rest. I'll just do a quick synopsis. If you want to raise your hand, there's only like nine of us today. So if there's a lot more people joining, it's under participants. Um, but as of right now, go ahead and just chime in if you want to chime in on something. If you don't have your mic or camera or whatever. Just throw it in the chat and we'll go through that as well and read them to the group. And this call is recorded, so if you have any concerns about anything said, just let us know, and we'll omit it in the final release. So if you have any producers that you want to shit talk, go ahead and do it, but just let us know so we can remove it from the end. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to talk about. I'm burnt out from back-to-back projects, so my brain is kind of just like, whatever. So does anyone have anything they want to talk about?
1: I just wanted to introduce myself. I mean, I'm kind of Liam, I kind of know you from back to back. But, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've been in this group. And, you know, I kind of got back into motion graphics. So happy to happy to start joining the conversation more and being more active. So appreciate y'all.
0: Yeah, where like, what have you been up to? Because you you were pretty active and then kind of
1: yeah yeah uh, well I, you know I I was doing a lot of experiential design you know before and um, 2020 you know COVID just got me way back into uh, motion graphics so it's been a, it's been a big change you know I'm doing everything from VFX anything I get my hands on now so but I feel like that's kind of every everywhere right now so um, you know it's been it's it's been a journey as I'm sure for everybody else too.
0: Yeah. I, I'm also interested too. Jordan and I were talking earlier on the daily call. I've seen a lot more job postings for motion designers lately. And for a while there is pretty bland, even before COVID struck where it's just like, all right, I, I have an indeed notification because sometimes indeed we'll get freelance posts as well. And in the last two or three weeks, Gotten I mean, like three or four emails from a need yeah. where it's just like pages of motion design positions. Yep. um so i'm I, hopeful that if anyone got taken out because of covid now there's going to be a whole bunch of jobs opening
1: yeah up. i mean i posted my reel on linkedin and got four four or five interviews last week you know it was but it was it was crazy you know and i think two out of the four or five were decent you know a lot of them were just just kind of luxury agencies looking for like to make a quick buck you know kind of a thing or, or different you know you kind of have to weed it out but i think q1 and from what i the interviews that i went on it's not that they're looking for one specific kind of you know i need a motion graphic person that does fluids you know it's like oh you, if you dabble in unreal and if you've done virtual set if you have this like wide range it seems like that's what companies or you know studios are looking for more to hire now so that that was really eye-opening to me because i felt like before the pandemic it was very specialized you know like you got hired based on this one thing that you knew really well and now it's like you know how can you use 3d to like make uh make an event or make an experience or make you know just simple motion graphics come to life because it's it's all the same tools now
2: yeah finally the time of the generalist has arrived
3: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. For us to shine. Yeah. <laughs>
4: I'm
0: I'm actually,
3: um, it's actually interesting. Cause like uh, I was having a conversation with my buddy and um, we like before this whole thing hit, right. I feel like a lot of people valued us as much as they value a hammer. Right. We're just a tool for their, to stick in their shed or toolbox or whatever. And like now at this point, because of, like how immersive the digital environment is, right? How much need there is for creating like a full 3D product renders or experiences or AR, VR, gaming. I mean, literally, like the expanse of what we know is so much larger than you know doing some After Effects, you know, five-minute explainer videos. Like, not to discredit that that doesn't take work because we all know that's it takes a lot of muscle to do that, but like. I think a lot of shops never or like new people coming into the industry looking for motion designers. Didn't really get what this was. And like, now it's like this thing where it's like, you're not just the hammer. Like you have a lot of experience in this, like this generalist wealth to sort of give to, to a company or to a brand or, you know, whatever. So it's really cool actually to hear that you got all the, all that interest and like, you know, that's kind of like that. Um, that, that kind of like flavors inside of the market right now. That's it's kind of exciting actually, you know, cause yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: It's uh, correct me if this has not been your experience, but uh, especially starting this year, I've been seeing kind of uh, like Mark has talked about it before uh, rising seas, lift all boats. You know, I've seen more call for even the bottom. I don't want to say bottom end, but you know, more simplistic, uh, explainer videos and just a call for skills like ours across every skill level, uh, not just, you know, obviously there's the the acceleration in virtual tech, uh, VR design, stuff like that, AR, uh, that's all up and coming stuff, but even more, you know, uh, explainer videos and um, I've seen a lot more like call for corporate content uh, development, so. Uh, you know, if you, if you don't have a gig right now, uh, now's a great
4: time to start looking. Yeah. See this a lot in the tech area. For example, like every startup now, when it reaches a certain level, and has a brand team, it needs a 3D artist. You see this a lot in the, the styles they are pushing currently. A lot of these new tech companies, they have this 3D glossy style. I guess they, they, they this, this wave is currently coming from Instagram to the commercialized uh, sector. I guess this is also definitely a job pusher in in for 3D artists as well.
0: Yeah, I've kind of noticed a little bit of what like Barton Damer has talked about, where he likes to have someone who's kind of a specialist, but also like a generalist too. And to echo what you all were saying and Victor was saying, just like yeah, before it was very much like. I want a specialist for this and this and this, and now it's starting to like come back around where it's, yeah, a generalist would work. But if you know this skill set and like have Unreal as a specialized skill set of yours, or have Fluids as a specialized skill of yours, people are super excited about that. Like that—that that seems to be most of the jobs. Um, and speaking of like tech companies, I'm working on a tech project right now, and it's definitely just like pulling from the Instagram world for sure. It's just like, oh yeah, like we saw this one thing for this other corporate video or this other tech company. Can we do something like that? And it's like, sure, <laughs> we can do that. That's pretty standard operating procedure now over the last couple of years.
3: Yeah, like, I, I'm, um, you know, buddy hit me up. He's like, hey, we finally, you know, have some bandwidth to be able to create some of those like looping Instagram videos. And I was like, yeah, like what ideas do you have? We could totally do them, you know, like, um, it's it's kind of fun too. Like people are really starting to explore like this more abstract world, you know, where it's not so like heavy brand focus. We have these strict guidelines that you need to follow and adhere to. They're like they're listening and seeing that like this whole artist world is really um, like we we have bigger voices than than we used to. I feel like you know just the more that this whole environment gets educated on like the things that we that we create like the immense amount of knowledge that we have to have to be able to use 17 applications at one time to be able to create this end product for them, you know, like it just, it just, I just feel more valued, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. I think, I think different industries are valuing it more too. Like, you know, you've seen everything from fashion to, you know, you guys have been saying tech forever, but like, you know, tech, and I think all the fashion shows in particular that have popped up are like really cool and all that's motion design you know and all that starts with like a basic you know environment you know basically um coach just did like a disney thing where it was just a 360 render you know and you got to walk through the whole experience but before that was you know just an add-on and now that's the that's the meat you know that's that's what people are there to see so you know like like you're saying it's 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 a lot more valuable now
2: I think that the, uh, there's this sense of progress towards motion as the standard. So like the idea being that where, you know, all of advertising and all of visual design was once conquered by graphic designers, static designers, and print designers. Now everybody, since everything's digital, everything's online now, people, businesses, advertising, everything's moving more towards motion because it's just more captivating.
4: Definitely, especially um, in bigger companies like Dropbox, where they have, they always had design systems, they always had brand guidelines. Now, the funny thing is they have motion guidelines as well. So, even for the product, for the way how they present it. So, a, a movement of a button should be that millisecond, that frames, and not that. Uh, this is currently also, yeah, like you all said, it's motion is more um, an integral part of a product and advertising now.
2: Yeah, if you want to impress a business these days, uh, go in with like a design pages on how motion should factor into their brand guidelines. Yeah. I, I've a couple of raised eyebrows on that one where I'm like, where, where are your motion design guidelines in here, they're not consistent.
0: Well, not to single her out, but Abby, I see you're on the call, if you're able to talk. And speaking of this, I think like a company that's really utilizing motion fantastic is Frame IO. So, do you you all have like a motion design brand guideline set up like because you guys you you've been really delivering lately with your advertisements.
5: Uh, yeah, well, I really appreciate that. Um, our team is actually like pretty small, so. Uh, We don't have like too many um, guidelines like all the guidelines I feel like that we have are um, really like about visuals like there's not really too much like motion There are like some really uh, vague things that we try to go to like uh, picking like picking out music and all that like we have a very specific like process uh, of doing that. and it's like our CEO Emery. He's been he's been in like the post production biz for like 20 years. So obviously, like he's very opinionated on like the the kinds of videos that we do and like the kind of animation that we do. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, we're we're like we're we're working on on it. Um, actually, it's it's funny that you brought up um, brand guidelines for motion because we're actually like kind of in uh, development for that. So
0: yeah, I just I think like Frame.io is probably a good case study for if you're ever trying to show clients like the importance of motion design and stuff, because every year, if not more than once a year, Frame.io will put out a video and it just, it makes me so pumped for the platform, again. is Like, you know, uh. it, it, it doesn't happen very often that a company will do that. And I remember way back, oh, I shouldn't say way back, but like about 10 years ago, when Dropbox had released a video. And that's like what got all their traction is they had such a great campaign to start it off and people were like, wow, look at this thing. And then that's it. So, you know, Dropbox, frame i own trying to think if there's any other tech companies that are like a case study. Does anyone else have any that they've seen recently that is like blew your mind?
5: Uh, Framer X uh, came out with a video, like it, this was actually like a long time ago, but we always like go back to this like one Framer X video uh, just because like it's it's like it's super nice like all the ui is like going with the motion in like such a satisfying way and it gets people like really like jazzed about like the product I, I think like that's pretty much like the like the gist of it is just like getting people like jazzed about your product like there's no better way to do that than through like motion and music and like especially i, I feel like music is and like sound design is such like an underrated like part of it too but
0: yeah i feel like Speaking of sound design, not to go off on another tangent, but I've worked on pieces where I'm just like, "Oh, this is okay." Like I'm pretty content with it, and then I sound, send it off to a sound designer. Uh, specifically, I work with Wes at like just a good bit when I can, and it just always elevates the piece. Like <laughs> It could like a mediocre piece with some really good sound design. All of a sudden, is just it's way better. It yeah,
3: it like it connects your other senses, right? So you have this visual, like it's like, oh, that's cool. And then you hear it and it allows your body to feel it, right? Like it gives you an experience of its own. Um, yeah, the audio connection is changes everything. Totally agree.
0: Yeah, like I'm watching this video that Abby just shared in the chat for Framer X. Um, and at yeah. first it feels like, oh, okay another Apple kind of clone, (laughs) like there's like the fast text. But then when you listen to the music, you're like, oh no, this is like really upbeat and everything. So um, without it, I don't know that I would enjoy it as much.
5: Yeah, I feel like a lot of tech companies like try to go the Apple route, um, just in terms of like getting everybody like jazzed about your product. Uh, It's just like such an easy like uh, role model to model your branding after. But um, it's effective, so and I feel like the average like person isn't really thinking about you know whether or not this is like an Apple clone. I, I mean, I guess yeah, if you're like working in design or video, you probably will. Uh, where we just launched like camera to Cloud, and we basically modeled like our whole like live streams event after like Apple's events, and and like it, it was like mentioned in the comments like oh, I feel like I'm at an Apple event. So I don't know, <laughs> yeah.
6: Uh, oh,
3: no yeah on tangent oh. on apple events those recent camera like the what they're doing I don't even know it's magic um like with their with their events uh, the way that they're going from one space to another space like seamlessly i i can't even I don't even know what they're doing but those things are amazing it's, sorry it's total sideline tangent there
5: That's just like, like the phone animations or
3: like from speak like from Tim speaking in like his little corner of Apple world to go into like Steve Jobs theater and like this one seamless camera motion is it's incredible
5: oh yeah it's totally I I really want to know yeah it's uh it's a lot of like hard work (laughs) uh yeah Yeah. just, just like yeah um just from like what I've seen of like, cause I wasn't really like um, with like the filming people, like the people who were like filming the, like our c to c event. But um, yeah, from what I could see, it's like a lot of coordination and a lot of like, yeah, filming stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's also just how awesome technology is for all of us right now, the things that we're able to accomplish. And I was saying earlier on the daily call, um, This weekend was my son's birthday so we rented out a movie theater and just like had a private event for it and we saw the new tom and jerry movie and made me really think about like how would roger rabbit be produced now because like the execution on tom and jerry is so amazing with like the stuff that they've pulled off introducing like a little bit of cell animation some 3d and then also just like normal compositing but it it looks so well done now. And it's just like what you were saying about the Apple events, It's like how are they able to do this so well? And it's probably just a little bit because of where we're at with technology now, just able to execute that stuff. What's up, Mark? You're muted, I think. There we go.
7: Uh, I just kind of popped in late here, but um it sounds like you guys are talking about just design and motion stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it's actually quite relevant for me because right now I'm on a project working with this place with a designer that like has some great concepts, but isn't necessarily understanding the motion of it. And it's really, really it's been very difficult to like convey what can be done. Cause it looks great in the style frame, But then, like, as it animates, they're like, oh, yeah, wait, the text shouldn't be behind it. And it's like, all right, well, the footage is moving, like, there's a lot of moving parts, you know, and it's kind of interesting that, like, trying to um, interpret our knowledge to her, and I think what what she's trying to do is interpret her thoughts to us, but we don't really speak the same lingo. And that's been a really interesting, um, I don't know, uh, challenge, I guess, here. Um, So the fact that like, you know, Abby and, and your crew and like other internal teams and just teams in general that are producing pieces like this, having designers and illustrators or anyone outside of like the motion realm be able to understand motion in a way and like be able to communicate ideas that we can understand and that we can translate. Um, it's like, I, I think is probably becoming even more of like a skill for a designer than really anything in terms of like a software thing or whatever, just because so much stuff is moving now. Um, and I think we've talked about this uh, before and like Aaron Swarovski said that like, if you're going to school for graphic design, if you're not thinking about how it's going to move, like you're not, thinking correctly because at some point it's always going to move like whether it's a uh, a billboard that like a electronic billboard that has a little bit of motion to it or something you know everything that a designer does now chances are will end up in some sort of video or electronically presented with motion so um yeah it's just it's interesting to hear you all talk about this and then like literally going through the same thing right now on this job <laughs> so
0: yeah and like not to call you out george but george and i were talking about school of motions design boot camp and i have a print design background and i got into motion design and i i'm totally on board with what aaron is saying because you can be a great print designer but not having the experience of actually moving something and thinking about how things will move from frame to frame, like it's definitely a daunting challenge for just a general designer to, to kind of comprehend just that, that extra element of time really kind of screws with people when they're designing. So, yeah. George, are you excited for your course?
8: I am very excited to learn what design actually is. I can fake it. I, I say to my clients, like, just point to something. I'll make it, I'm a forger. But to make something original, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thought to me. If it makes you,
5: oh, sorry. If it makes you feel any better, I have a BFA in graphic design. I still don't really like, can fully comprehend what graphic design is, so.
8: I've got no hope then, great, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for the pep talk. (laughs)
0: that up for failure George
7: (laughs) but I think that's also what's exciting about everything we do it's constantly changing you can go to school for whatever it is and then like two years later you're somewhat dated already and like you know I mean
5: absolutely two
7: years ago would TikTok would everyone be talking about like how you're gonna make stuff move for TikTok videos or what you know it's just like things move at such an incredible pace that You know, I think you go to school to learn those foundations, but then you really need to, you know, adapt and put those foundations into practice by practicing (laughs) and being involved.
8: So speaking of of
6: being that way with going from print to to motion, are you guys like working on VR stuff too? Uh, Like trying to work on, you know, getting better at that? Because I'm I'm assuming that that's going to start picking up a little bit more now as is technology gets a little bit easier to to run that stuff Uh, I feel like I'm like way behind the curve on that I haven't hardly done anything with
1: any VR or AR for that matter I
5: haven't done any any like VR stuff like personal or for frame
1: yeah the most VR I've done has been um doing like 360 renders and then just putting them in a kind of a spherical, like web-based, but um, you know, and then you you can overlay animated objects onto that. You just have to like watch how heavy your files get to, but you know, that's like the, the cheap, the cheap, the cinema 4d you know 3d easy way to do it rather than like building out in unity or anything like that so but it's 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 there's been work that i've had that's that um that does a lot of that so
0: yeah i I think like 2016 2017 was my peak for vr stuff and getting hit up by clients and it was like victor said it was just all 360 video and like kind of half-assed in cinema with a spherical camera and then composited with metal and After Effects and like stitching it together. Um, but then for AR stuff, I've gotten into it a little bit more with um, Dubear who's not on here today, but he works for a company called Quince. They were originally into projection mapping because of everything that happened last year, they started doing more augmented reality type events or um like you watch the nfl at all this year all those like fan based things that popped up that was all quints and the famous group working together on that um and that's been really fun and interesting the only thing i don't like about the whole process is we're not quite there with like the the instant gratification that you get now with like Octane and Redshift and just like rendering right there. It's like, okay, now I have to bake it down and then go over to Unity, Unreal. Uh, They use this software called Ventus, import it in there, import my baked lights, see how things look. And then because of the limitations of real time, it's like, okay, We can't have the glows in here the way that we thought we're going to have the glows. And if we add glows in, that's going to be so much more processing time. Um, So while AR and real time seems really cool, it's not quite real time either. Like it it just takes so much work to actually get it there to be real time. Um, I'm very interested to see what the future holds for that, especially with the hints of like Apple having glasses that were just patented and potential for ar as scary as stuff like the black mirror is (laughs) like all those episodes i'm ready to embrace ar being everywhere like not to go on a crypto art thing but how cool would it be to like buy a piece of crypto art and then have your glasses on or whatever and then you just like use your hands and place your crypto art up on the wall and that's it like that that makes the art viable or like we have t-shirts that have codes on them or whatever and you can just make them whatever design you want like okay I'm, I'm just wearing a generic white shirt but if you're wearing glasses maybe there's an ad playing on it or something else like once ar really becomes a thing motion design is everywhere not that it's not everywhere already but like literally it's going to be everywhere so that, that's really exciting
3: I was actually, um, I was in a clubhouse uh, yesterday, I think. And they were talking about, uh, there was a woman, she was talking about uh, AR specifically. And what she's doing is she's taking, um, taking artwork uh, like NFTs. And then what she wants to do is display them in an AR space. And then you can go into that AR space and then view the artwork. And then within it, you can actually purchase the NFTs to have on uh, for yourself. and like. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. Um, so, like VR, AR is something that a lot of people are talking about and putting our, you know, our artwork our into that space. Like, especially since it's three D, like we get to give them a full environment to like to live in. It's, I don't know, it's it's, it's a really cool time to be in this whole space right now.
1: I remember I did a, um, I did we pitched uh, for we did a thing for a drake concert a long time ago that was like it was like a community ar experience where you where everybody was always always holding their phone taking you know photo of the concert or video of the concert it's like if you could build a program to put ar without throughout the stage so you know the experience is like an aggregated Art piece at the end of the the concert from everybody adding all of their little pieces in there but like little you know, little things like that wherever you know you had to build our idea was to build like 50 different you know uh objects that you could place. so like all that you know 3d motion and all that had to be placed in there so it's kind of you could be creative you know with ar2 and how you're experiencing with it in the world also
0: Yeah, I think what will be really interesting, too, coming down the line is, like, really niche things, like real estate. If we start having more augmented reality, bring, or, like, maybe really quickly before you leave your current living situation, go use your phone, do, like, a quick LiDAR scan, since that's built into everybody's iPhone now, and then you go to a house You hold up your phone, or maybe in your glasses, you're like, "I wonder how our couch would work in this house here," and then you just like place it in the room with you and just like take a look around, like, "Oh, our couch would work here," or like go down to a different room, like, "Oh, we can put our TV here. We can have this set up this way," and you kind of get to like lay out a house a little bit before you even think about buying it. They kind of do that with um, like you can go on.
5: I, I just moved and like if you were to like buy a rug off like Overstock or something or Wayfair, you can look and it'll like do a lot of
7: that and then like you can like play around with it too.
0: Yeah, so yeah exactly like that and I know like Apple has it with their products now where you can just like see where you're going to put the computer on your desk and um, yeah I, I think we're, we have not even tipped our, our Dipped. There we go. Dipped our toe. That's the word I'm looking for into what AR can possibly be.
7: You know, what's crazy that I, you guys just made me think of is if like the whole Google Glass thing or whatever comes back, right? And it's like you wear these things. and AR, like, you know how the Google Maps car drives around and captures images they're probably gonna do that off glasses. Can you imagine if that was like a LIDAR scanner? So like literally they're just mapping everything in this entire world. And then like you wanna virtually walk through this museum? Cool, we can do that because we've already aggregated the 100,000 people that have walked through it in the last month. And like re it, like that's some Black Mirror shit right there.
1: Yeah,
6: yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid well, it's going to be uh, full of pop-ups. So it's like oh, yeah. advertising like, everywhere, <laughs> everything. It's like your desk is filled with every product that you could possibly put on there.
5: Yeah. Oh, well, you know,
7: really like, play. have you Have you noticed um, in a lot of sporting events now, since there's no fans in the stands and stuff like that, um, they've done it with soccer for a long time, where they like superimpose, you know, like ads and whatnot like I saw there's this thing from the Red Sox or whatever. And they had like this, this CG sign that was like, it had two legs in like a banner sitting in the stands with like ads coming up on it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. You know, like normally it's just in the, like the backstop or something like that. But this, they had one on the mound They had one in the stand. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's going to look like web 1.0 with like animated, like rainbow gifts and stuff going nuts. And I don't know, but, uh, it's an interesting concept. And I think they're exploring that because they're probably losing a ton of revenue from no one being at the stadiums, but boy, like if it's going to get to that and we have to watch all these live events with just like advertisements all over it, like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't look forward to that.
1: Well, did Nickelodeon, uh, bought their own, like they, they bought their own rights to use the, in the Super Bowl and they overlaid all of that, you know, slime and had total different end zones and like completely changed the entire field to make it like total branded Nickelodeon. It looks crazy. I mean, it was way too over the top for me, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to happen like that where you could just have one feed, but you know, tons of different advertisers and whichever one you're watching it through, it's branded that way. Totally.
7: And what's scary is like all like our kids, like my kids, I know Liam's got kids, like they're growing up seeing, this is like normal now for them. Right. And so it's just, I, I don't know. The whole viewing experience of things in like 10 years is going to be like insane. I think.
0: Yeah. Well, even just like on normal, television now like we have an apple tv that's all we use in our rooms and if we're watching something on hulu or like another platform now the ads are interactive so like if uh an audi bar is on it'll be driving around but then on the bottom it'll say like oh do you want to see the interior do you want to see like this shot and then you can click on it and the ad that's playing will switch over to whatever one you wanted to see so like not not only right like, i make those what's forward
6: happen. what's that lucky i that's what i that's half my job is doing those ads really yeah the that's always going to be the future of banner advertising and i've been pushing for that for a decade because for like two whole decades i've done well like one i've done so many like Um, small banner sized ads and the only way people actually click on those ads back in the day, back in Yahoo days, was if you have any kind of interaction, but the standards committee for web ads wanted to make this differentiation between ads and games, and it took so long to actually have them agree, so this is just a totally natural thing that evolved from websites finally being allowed to have interactive ads, which went into uh, Facebook, because Facebook has uh, their mini games their messenger games and their platform games they have ads inside of them but those ads are also allowed to be games in themselves so you now have ways and i don't I mean like like games like like uh balloons i mean like games like uh like mass game and yeah like tv is, is a full like normal extension and i think it's awesome to be honest because if you're going to get an advertisement you may as well have an ex- actual actual experience and it may, like it's it provides so much more than just looking at a jpeg problem is clients to convince a client especially a car company which we've done to make something creative requires six months of work and it always boils back down to like let's make a slideshow with a click button but i think it's a i think it's a great idea I, personally and I'm, and I'm highly biased because i make it
0: yeah i mean i think it's a great idea too um I and mean, it's already been happening with, at, with advertising anyway where depending on where you live and what state and things like that you get fed certain advertisements on TV anyway. And this is just an evolution of it. Um, one of the bonus things like I want to talk about that Vic brought up was um, at the super bowl. And this was something famous group and Quince were working on as well was like stats for people on the field. Like just like somebody be walking by and they were able to bring up stats of somebody. And it's like, that's so cool. Like how, how awesome would it be to be watching a game and you're just like, Oh, I kind of want to know what the stats are for, uh, Lamar Jackson or whoever. And you just quickly highlight them and like, Oh man, he's had like 21 of 30 passes intercepted this year or something, you know, like stuff like that, like that, that's going to make watching TV and events so much better. It's, it's just going to elevate them to a whole nother level.
6: And not, not just that, but, um, back when interactive ads were really taking off uh, in the iPad days, the best ones you could actually interface with the phones built in device sensors like touch calibration, uh, motion tracking. If you can do that with your TV and actually get your campaign going or your interactive ads can, can actually like communicate with the TVs themselves to fetch you, I don't know the live weather or fetch you a different app or fetch you, like you can you can really integrate an ad into actually using your TV's built-in functionality, which would be like extremely useful. Dangerous also, you need sensors. You shouldn't just like you, an ad shouldn't be able to root your TV, but like it has a lot of potential.
7: Uh, I was gonna say too like you know sometimes like Lucky was saying, it takes a lot, six months for a car creative to like think about this, actually make it happen, they end up going back to a slideshow or whatever it is. Sometimes it takes things like what we've gone through in the past year to really just, like, jumpstart everything, right? Like, chances are, I doubt – this is my take. Chances are, I doubt Nickelodeon would have done that if it was not for COVID, for the Super Bowl, because they just had – they were trying to get viewers. The Super Bowl was into getting viewers, like you know what I mean. So it, it was just something when um, I don't know. It it sometimes takes like a huge thing like this to to really kickstart everything and just change the way like traditional thinking has been going for x number of years in the, in the marketing sense of of it.
0: All right, I'm totally getting sidetracked by Lucas, and he's about to sell an NFT. I'm watching that, I've Got Sorry, I'm like minutes left. That's amazing. holding
3: myself together right now. Trying to have a conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
3: Um, this whole scene is—I'm oh so God. excited for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just for everybody that's going to get into it.
0: That's something. Yeah. I like I made one today on Rarible just to like see what the experience was like to go through it. Um, not a huge fan of Rareable's platform because it got really confusing once I went to do it, and I was like, I don't really understand why, like, what the difference is between a bid and actually setting a price, and like all this stuff. I was like, whatever, I'm just gonna go through it just to try it. Um, but the more I see people getting into it and it kind of just becoming commonplace, I'm hopeful that it will become easier. And yeah, uh, that's awesome. And I'm glad to see people making money. Like, they, here's the thing: I, like, I'm I'm kind of tired of talking about it. I've said it on Twitter, but at the same time, like, it's so awesome to see people finding revenue streams other than client work too. So it's like, I don't know, I. I was ranting a little bit this weekend that my kids and I did a bunch of tie dye shirts. And it's like, man, if I were to get out of the industry and do something creative, I kind of want to start a tie dye company. <laughs> just like have people come to a farmer's market, have a tie dye table set up, charge like 10 to $15 a shirt and just like have fun all the time. Like that would be such a nice change of pace. From- Yo dude,
7: it's a thing. <laughs> Straight up go uh, here. Hang on um
3: tie-dye shirts at the farmer's market is a thing
7: well i wouldn't say at the vermont farmer's market, <laughs> but um, the old chief creative officer at the company i used to work for started something called camphigh.com and all he sells is sweatshirts and loungewear for like hundreds of dollars they're minimum like small small runs tie-dye like very like hippie all that and the shit sells out like immediately
3: this is fantastic
0: (laughs) oh man the sesame street one is that's great i love this
3: and look at the prices on some of them
7: yeah like what for a sweatshirt are you kidding me
5: yeah it's pretty nuts
7: it's not like the whole i again covid like the sweatsuit market man you know it's like just taking off
6: oh my god i, I love this website this website's amazing <laughs> yeah.
3: i think what's really exciting is people finding their happiness right like where is their place of joy right it's no longer about like this false dream of white picket fences it's about like screw that thing like what am i actually happy doing like what do i love to do and who cares about the rest and this is what i'm going to do and like You'll find that market. You'll find those people. Like, they'll be they'll be drawn to you. It'll happen. Like, mm-hmm. there's more of us out there that enjoy the same things. You just just do it, you know. And it's like, I think that's what's exciting about this crypto scene right now. Like, people love to make art and share it, and we've been doing it for free for so long. That like, these huge I, artists are finally getting paid, like, and getting the recognition they want, and it's creating this ecosystem and this whole like, it's crazy. I love it. Dude, 100%. I was
7: just going to say that. Like the fact that like people like us who have been creating all this artwork and the only platform to ever put it on was like a, a Instagram or a Twitter or whatever, where like you get a like and sweet, that's it. Now there's actually, you know, it's proving that there is a market for this stuff. And up until the last few months, there's really not been a good way to showcase it or sell it or, you know. I mean, we've had multiple discussions about it here and, like, just not understanding. But now as it's starting to happen, the whole NFT thing, like, outside of digital art, like, I really think it's going to change so much stuff. Like, I think it's going to really change concert tickets. I think it's really going to change, like... A bunch of just everyday things because it's gonna say this serial number or whatever is associated with this thing you know and i don't yeah. know it's consumer product it's
3: exciting it's super exciting it's <laughs> like watching the prep the just like the explosion of this happen inside of like the digital society um you know it was it's almost like a long time coming. Like a lot of the conversations was always like, how do we, you know, um, how do we sort of gather these things into a better space where we can actually advertise them or like do better things with them, with all this content that we're creating and sharing on platforms that can just take it and use it however they want without our permission because we signed some form accepting this long agreement, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and whatever else, right? Like, and now we, don't need to worry about that centralized space it's it's in the ether like it's amazing
7: yeah i was gonna say too wasn't it a few years ago that instagram put out something and like it, it was really i think they added something to the terms of service or whatever that was like anything that's posted on here we can use for advertising yeah. and like people lost their shit yeah but like you don't pay for the service right mm-hmm. so like sure you i don't know it's that fine print but now you know you have an opportunity to put it out and make money from it but the one thing i will say is it costs money to put it out there Mm -hmm. and it costs it can cost a a very wide range of price to put it out there you know so like until what is it proof of Work or whatever proof, I forget which one we're working towards with Ethereum 2.0, but like until that comes across, like I don't know. Yeah.
3: I think it's there's limit a, you know, a, a bit. Yeah. There's also like a lot of growth that's going to happen from this, right? Like technology wise, hardware wise, right? Like it, like economic standards, um, you know, processing power, like all of that, like centralizing it, turning it, you know. Um, moving these things into spaces where it's not hurting the economy as much, right? Like, which will lead to other advances that'll help, you know, th- who knows what it's going to help. Like this is, this is just everybody. It's, it's, it's the wild west right now. Let's, let's be real. You know, I saw f- the 502 gateway got uh, minted and it was up for sale for like 1.5 ETH, like immediately after it happened a couple of days or, you know, the people thing, like it's, it's kind of crazy, but it's gonna to lead to so many advances, right? You got security blockchains, you've got yields, you've got like investment banking that's happening. You've like, there are these immense economies that are building underneath everything because of this whole thing that's happening. Like NFTs are just like the things that are rolling around right now, but it's it's gonna be way bigger. And yeah. so, oh, it's super exciting. It's exciting to see it.
0: Yeah, I've got a buddy who, was a lawyer and then uh, mostly was in like healthcare law. She was so hyped about cryptocurrencies and the technology behind it. Because at least here in the States, you know, most of people's healthcare information is at the state level. It's really hard to say if you get in a car accident in California, but you live in Ohio or something for those doctors to get your medical information. It's like, can you imagine just having a Healthcare crypto ID that you like wear on your watch or you have a band or something that wherever you go, wherever you are in the world, they can scan that and bring up all your medical records. And mm-hmm. like, so if you get in an accident and you need to have surgery and you're uh, allergic to whatever type of anesthesia or anesthesia, um, I am totally butchering that word right now. Uh, anesthesia. There we go. Um, and they can switch it to what you want it, you know it's there's so many good applications for it like you were just saying banking um like stuff like zelle you know a lot of that stuff kind of is the sim- is like same technology just in a different way um i need to wrap this up kind of soon even though i'm having a great time talking about this so george do you want to share your meme of the week you got it ready
8: It's very fitting. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm not saying this about crossfader. I'm just saying that some some of these uh, bits of art I've seen, they seem just to be dailies that have been repackaged. So it reminded me of Scooby-Doo. You take the uh, mask or disguise off uh, crypto art, and underneath it's a daily. Because everyone's just sort of uh, polishing their dailies. I love it.
7: 100 out of 10 100 out of
8: 10 on that one
3: yeah killed
1: it news, i will say wait man.
7: can like i know liam's got to go but i i just want to say this too like the whole like oh i see people just posting dailies as their shit to sell like you do you it's still art it's still you still sat there and took time to create it like yeah. you don't i mean there's people ask jackson paul like if he what his backstory is for creating his paintings He didn't fucking know. He just like painted, you know, like I hate how like people discount what something is because there's no story behind it or there's, you're fucking a creator. You just created something and like, you're posting it out. If so, if it resonates with someone, cool. A graffiti writer writes something on a building. Someone might walk by it and be like, wow, that's really cool. And take a picture, you know, like there, I don't know. It, it gets me kind of fired up when people like think of dailies as like not good enough for NFT thing. Like maybe it is. Who cares? Like it shouldn't dictate what you put out there.
0: And exactly. sorry. <laughs> yep. yep. Dude, so I'm going to, just because Lucas got some attention, I know Abby, you just dropped a mint. I'm going to throw that in the chat too. Just for thank
5: you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Too david are just uh placed a bit on it actually if i if you saw me like freaking out on mute that's what that was about
3: that's awesome
5: <laughs> yeah it's it's exciting and what? scary and weird i love it
0: and you're you're doing a whole series of these right because i saw a sketch on your twitter that has like three
5: yeah. Yeah. I'm doing a king and queen, uh, next I'm, I, I don't know. Like it's, it, it's tough though, because like, I want to make sure like these are like actually going to sell too. Like, it's, it, it's hard for me to like, I'm really, I'm a stingy person. So it's hard for me to, um, rationalize the investment of like actually posting these because yeah, it's not like talked to enough about like, you know, you have to put up a pretty like, like moderately like pricey, like fee to have these, things up here in the first place
0: so yeah like the the one that i tested out today it cost me like 45 in gas fees to yeah price, and, like, okay. and that's hey, cheap right
3: now that's cheap that is, yeah <laughs> that's cheap at the mo- i think i paid like 130
0: Ooh. yeah but then you know if you end up selling it for a grand or something then like what what is that like 60 bucks is nothing off of a grand well
7: but yeah. you also have to pay to like receive the fee like there's a bunch of fees yeah. on the back end of it too yeah
3: mm.
7: just fyi for people listening
0: mm. yeah. um well that's awesome congrats abby on getting your bid Hell yeah! that's awesome
3: yeah. congrats
0: yeah
7: um,
3: I, t- I, saw, I saw your twitter post i was like hell yeah you should post it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
7: you got one minute left crossfader
0: i know oh all right i'm sticking around until this happens. In,
7: unless right. someone else bids, then it starts the 15-minute timer
0: again.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's been so hard to, like, stare at this and have a conversation. It's not even funny.
0: <laughs> oh, so is that how it works? Every time there's a bid, it restarts? Yeah.
7: When, it, when it's in the 15-minute window.
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
7: But I think every one is 24-hour auction, which is, I think foundation's thing
5: right yeah
0: yeah foundation is 24 hours it seems yeah it was 24 hours um and that's so now we're yeah i was gonna I was gonna leave and get ready to go and now i'm getting back into it foundation is <laughs> invitation <laughs> only right
5: yeah yeah it's I, invitation yeah.
0: only yeah mm-hmm. and and like you only get invites if you actually sell a piece to it right. yep. i read yeah mm-hmm. okay Oh, that's cool.
7: Someone should start minting invites.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I told that to George. I was like, George, you should mint your meme today and sell it.
8: So like, meta. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's it's bad enough when a joke doesn't land, but having to pay $80 to have that joke not land is just a bit, a step too far. Uh... I don't want to pay $80 to tell a joke. People should be telling, paying me that.
0: Yeah. That's
7: true. I think that's it, right? You and Lucas?
3: I don't, it, for me, it just says, um, I don't know. It just, I don't see that it ended. It says that it's, oh, there it is. Boom. There you go. That is ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We'll we'll splice in some applause right here.
3: I don't even know. This is,
7: this has got to be the first live streamed NFT sale. I think we should <laughs> mint this conversation.
3: Uh. <laughs> mint everything. Just mint yeah. everything. I don't even. I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter, but like, feeling. I don't know. It's it's been a journey to get to this moment internally as as a as a human being. Like. Fighting through basically everything in my life to lift myself up to be able to be in a space where I believe <laughs> that I could do this. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna get all emotional, so I'm gonna stop talking. But holy shit, this is crazy.
7: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Congratulations.
0: Yeah. Congrats you so like, much. like Mark and I were talking with uh about Phil Roberts' Raid Zero and how like he had. A really shitty 2020, and then he sold his couple pieces, and he was—I think Mark—you said he was just like basically holding himself together because he was so emotional over. Yeah, he saw. Pieces. He made
7: like he made 30 grand in 20 minutes.
5: Wow. And yeah.
7: And just watched it. He it was like 3:30 in the morning in where he was, and he was like, I can't <laughs> sleep, and he was just like watching it happen in real time. So that's pretty cool.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, this is crazy. Yeah.
7: Drinks are on you. All right.
0: Um, oh, yeah.
7: Congratulations, everybody. Congratulations, guys. Abby, for getting someone uh, something yeah, up, Abby. too. Well, I'll keep watching that one.
5: Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, y'all.
0: Well, to wrap it up, I'm sorry we have to go. I promised t- my wife she could take a nap this afternoon. I would watch our children, so... Uh, I got to do that. Um, you can find us everywhere on Monday Meeting. Just do a quick social search, mondaymeeting.org for recordings and everything. Uh, I got to be honest, I've been real bad about show notes lately. I've just been posting the episodes because I've been swamped with work and life and shit. So um, if anyone is listening and they're wondering like what a link is for something, I've got them written down in my notes. I just haven't been updating the site. Um, so I can get you guys that information. Um, other than that, Mark, is there anything else to touch on before we roll out?
7: Uh, I don't think so.
0: Cool. Well, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for chatting today. This turned around from having just like a few, six of us to an actual group, oh, it was great. And uh, yeah, I like where it went. Um, also other thing too I should plug is we have a Discord channel now which we had before but we've restarted it and it's actually active this time which is really nice. Um, the other nice thing about it too is we have video call channels in there. We have one dedicated for the daily call people, but we've also got a breakout room. So if you want to chat with anybody and have like one on one time, um, that's kind of like a free thing that's going on inside the server too, which is really nice. So if you got questions, just say like, hey, can somebody help me with Redshift? Hop into the breakout room, share your screen, and somebody can help you solve it and stuff like that. All right. Um, yeah, but again, thanks everybody and everybody that's winning bids. Congrats. Like, this is awesome to watch in real time. Later, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye, guys. Have a great bye, week. All.
6: Bye, you bye. Have a great week. Have a good week.